0: Namaste and all that jazz welcome to the 13th episode <laughs> and it seems we've been struck by bad luck I'm Muslim I don't believe in bad luck I believe in okay I must have pissed off the big G upstairs but you know because like literally everything that could go wrong did go wrong with the recording of the 13th episode so hopefully Damien Clark has not been a cursed guest the curse of the Damien Clark episode of the show with no name with Safer Buchaniel and Julia Felix hello Miss Felix are you still there or did I lose you as well did the bad luck curse start continue it seems it has continued she is frozen so Julia Felix oh
1: and I that? thought I was free
0: so <laughs> oh, thanks thanks great <laughs> great yeah fuck you too How's your week been? It was
1: great because on my end, it cut off it. I don't believe in luck. Got the great G above. And I was like, excuse me, sir. Speak for yourself. Um, My week, my week, the other shoe has been dropping um, um, all week. And so I've decided that from now on, I'm collecting everyone's shoes. um, And I will decide when they're going to drop because control is, it sucks. This week was a lot of maneuvering was a lot of maneuvering but that's okay we took some break on some things and had other things to focus on for a bit
2: so all in all good
1: neutral par for the course not good not bad all right i'll take it i've definitely had worse weeks
2: i think i would though i always make myself i always cheer myself up by going at least it's not 2006 Because for me, that was the year that, at the beginning of it, I was like, well, at the end of 2005, I was homeless. Like, I didn't have a place to stay, and I had to stay with my ex. Now, any of our listeners can relate. If you're in a relationship that suddenly stops working, but you have to share accommodation, it can be tense it can be uncomfortable especially when the other person betrayed you or hurt you as which was the case in my case so on top of being homeless i had to be roommates with my ex yes
1: our guest has arrived
2: yes just in the nick of time come on down damian clark to the show with no name podcast it seems as the thirteenth guest, we have been
0: cursed with the curse of the Damien Clark.
1: Lucky thirteen! <laughs> Lucky thirteen!
3: How's this?
0: I
1: love Crystal it, I
3: clear.
0: Lo-
2: I love the brick yeah. wall background.
3: So, sorry, it took me so long. I, I I got the cave. I plugged into the internet as I was telling Jules. I'm in. I'm in the.
2: I'm in the mainframe.
3: I'm plugged in. Plugged into the modem. Is that?
2: Tank, I need to know how to fly a helicopter.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah, because I haven't seen the Matrix in ages.
2: I just watched it recently actually because it's on Netflix. All three does it
3: hold up?
2: You know, part one does, part two kind of does, part three is just eh. you could start to see. And then I've heard that they're making a part four. Come on. No, I'm, I'm serious. If you look it up on IMDb and if you Google it, speaking of Google, some,
3: <laughs> some, background, some
2: background on our guest. All right. Uh, we're, we're, first of all, the official stuff. Damien Clark is an Australian. I'm not sure if you guys say Aussie or Australian.
3: Depends yeah, how much and, time you have. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's from the land down under, but he's based in Ireland. He won the annual uh, he won the Amused Moose People's Champion Award in 2018, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Neath Award in Wales 20. Did I say that right, Neath?
3: Yeah, that's right, Neath.
2: The Award of Neath in 2018, and he has been doing garden gigs in Ireland since the lockdown pandemic. He's entertained in the UK, the US, and Europe. Also, he's starting to do a TV show, which if you go to his website, he's doing a show called Phone Tracker, where you hunt down stolen phones.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm on a case, but I've I've had dead leads, and uh, I need to travel around Edinburgh, and the traveling's not so good at the moment. So uh, it's really hard to fight crimes over Skype, I've found out.
2: (laughs) Batman never had to do this.
3: but I tell you what Facebook is very good at finding people I don't know I don't know if cops are allowed to use Facebook but I just be doing that all the time
2: well Damien did you not see the uh, before I get into the what about what I was gonna back to googling you um (laughs) now there was well there was one page that in response to a complaint that we received under the U.S. Digital Millennium Copyright Act, we removed one result from this page. If you wish to see, read the article or the DMC notification, which I clicked on. Now, I have a theory and my co-host is is, is not to, uh, well, let's just say we're at, we're butting heads on whether or not, you know, there might be any legitimacy to this, Dame, Damo, did you? Were you there's involved? no
1: butting heads here? There's no butting <laughs> heads. He is stubbornly holding to this absurdity.
3: There's no did, butting heads.
2: Did you do Bollywood porn before you became a comedian?
3: Ah, oh, it's out, it is out. Uh, like, I, don't, I don't even know all I know about. I like I tried to get into Bollywood porn because I just love the colors and the music,
4: uh huh.
3: But um, apparently, it's really no, that's. Apparently, it's really hard to get into. Well, uh, the, the only
2: reason I say that was because of the bunch of the URLs that were connected to the removal of that web oh, really? page, <laughs> and they are, and I'm not joking. Damien, I wrote them down. There's like
4: oh, oh,
2: dirtyindianporn.info, dirty.ship. <laughs> uh, my uh, my favorite ones. Slu- go
4: through this whole list.
2: My favorite one, slutpad.com.
3: Slutpad.com.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> but then this is where I got a little worried about you, Demo. Uh, xhamster.com. What, 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 okay.
1: Ex, <laughs> ex, no,
4: th-
2: this is where what I was, was worried about fine. you, Demo.
1: This is where he got worried. <laughs> this is where I
2: got worried, Demo. Xhamster.com and Xhamster.desi. What have you been doing to those Bollywood hamsters, man?
3: Oh, no. The Bollywood hamsters. I didn't touch them, I swear. Gerbils only. Ham hamsters are fine. I'm cool with them. Uh,
2: to any pizza listeners, no real hamsters were harmed during the recording of this absurdity.
3: Gerbils and hamsters equally, and not sexually. Of course, <laughs> an
1: important just, clarification. Yes.
3: Just, just, yeah. Yeah. NB: No, <laughs> no small furry creatures were harmed in the making of my life at all, ever.
4: <laughs> but... i've
3: never i've never looked at a that's a weird thing when you hear when you, you hear you know there was rumors about gerbils and was it richard gear or whatever i'm just and like you know it's all legends you know obviously but who, who would ever look at a little like a guinea pig and go no hmm, i know where you're going <laughs> like, like, like a, i mean human you know, we're disgraceful do you know what's funny about humans Does, you name The sickest thing you can think of. And one of us has done it. Humans will just do, like, what is wrong with us? Why can't we just eat and sleep, drink and be merry, you know? We've got to do mad, stupid shit.
2: You you must have seen that Dave Chappelle bit when he's talking about the link between (laughs)
3: AIDS.
2: (laughs) Do you know how long it took me? Do you know how long it took me to teach this monkey?
3: Yeah yeah uh, it's like no man i'm cool me and chim chim is gonna stay in tonight <laughs> <laughs> i love that bit. um but
2: yeah back to uh the non-bollywood porn allegedly that you may or may not have been in uh, but you have been on a show with tom state called the most fucked up talk show at That's the true. edinburgh french festival which That's i actually true. like that
3: I love nothing more than being yelled at by a staid. like he's just <laughs> nonstop funny and how he hasn't lost his voice. I'll never know, but that was such a fun fringe.
2: I believe uh, he eats uh, a lot of broccoli.
3: Yeah, he must do. And, um, as you guys, are, uh, I know you are safe, like I've hung out with Tom a lot and, uh, you know, that it's, if you say you're a drinking buddy with Tom, everyone's like, yeah, everyone's a drinking buddy with Tom because he'll show up to every party with a bottle of Jack Daniels and go, come on, we're a party tonight. So it's hard to not be a drinking buddy of Tom's, which I sort of I like that. I like that everyone is, it, it brings everyone together. Like there's no six degrees of separation, it's one degree through Tom's day. And then, and you know, you have a, a drunken idea and he's like, hey, man, you could be my, my buddy in a talk show. And I yell at you all the time. I'm like, that sounds like a brilliant idea.
2: Well, actually, uh, I fun fact, I haven't drunk alcohol since 2004. Uh, yeah, but I did meet Tom at a outside bar, and the way we connected was him in the distance going, "Does anybody have rolling papers?" <laughs> and I just hold up my pack of Rizla, like you know, and he's like. You sir
4: are a beacon of hope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we bonded over me having papers and a grinder at the same time. Oh, you
3: gotta have a grinder.
2: You gotta have a grinder, and not oh, the, the application.
3: Some of tobacco is really tough.
2: Sometimes tobacco, tobacco, yeah, <laughs> chewing tobacco needs to be loosened a bit.
3: Yeah, yeah, you need to chew it right up. That's we, and then yeah. So that was a great, that was great, and I, uh, I don't know. I don't know where some of my I mean there was this the show of, about the that guy's willy that I was putting all over the internet. So that, that a lot of a lot of that was taken down. But uh, another yeah, thing that,
2: that did not but, come to Egypt.
3: But I don't know how that got onto like any um hamster or Indian sites. But you know, the internet it just goes where it goes. But I, I, I have been blocked a lot. But I mean that's that's not my fault. Like I was getting you you guys. You might know the story. I was getting uh, someone else's dick pics in my iCloud from my stolen phone. And so I was putting them up on Facebook going, uh, have Is you seen right? it, and, uh,
4: <laughs>
3: and then Facebook could be like, hey, no, no one has seen that. No one has ever seen <laughs> that. And so I would, I would, uh, I was learning Photoshop at the time. So I would just, I would pixelate, you know, you can, you can, there's a, a gradient of pixelation you can do from <laughs> tiny pixels to like big blocks of color. So I was just I would just raise it from like one pixelation, two pixels, and eventually at about sixteen Gaussian blur. They they like if you blur it, Facebook were happy with that. And if you do big big chunks of color, big blocks of color, they were like they allowed a a fiery red angry member. But it took <laughs> it took a lot of a lot of <laughs> Facebook must have just been watching going. He's going to go from 10 to, is he going to go to 11 blur or pixelation or straight into 13 or 14, you know? It's funny just because there's all these what measures. What are we going to find today? What's
1: that? I said, what are we going to find today? Yeah, what are we
3: going to find out today? And see, no one should see a, um, this is the thing, like I don't want people to see horrible images, obviously. But then it wasn't until I was a receiver of, um, you know, uh, dick pics that I didn't want to see that I really understood what women were going through with these dating apps. And it's not until people get that, that you really understand. So maybe I was doing a service of like on, hey guys, maybe you need to get to know someone. And, and even if someone asks you for a dick pic, they have to like, be like an, when an Irish person like is asking you for a cup of tea, say no three times and then go, I go on, go on. Go on yeah. So like, <laughs> okay. show dick, say no. Show dick, no. Show dick. No. dick, no, come on all right you know
2: times, <laughs> that's a fine dick you got there laddie <laughs>
3: yeah at least three times you know i don't know if i um, if there's any gay people listening or or, or any straight and like George, oh. have, have you received any dick pics or safe have you received any dick pics unsourced? you
1: know it's it's insane I never have. I've watched all of my friends receive dick pics, right? (laughs) (laughs) All of my friends, right? So I get to watch it and laugh at them, right? Because it's just like joy for me. Everybody's upset. No one wants the dick pic. I didn't get it. So I get to decide whether I see it or I engage or not, right? But I just get to laugh at them the whole time. Part of that is though, I rarely use social media and I rarely use, I've never used a dating app because I find no joy in it whatsoever. And so like, if I even get like a weird text message with weird wording, I'm like, no, you're gone. I don't have time. <laughs> yes. I've never received a dick pic.
3: Uh, the that's only- why, and that's because you're not on those, uh, those That's why Bumble exists, you know, Bumble. Cause it went Tinder and then there was dicks flying everywhere and they went, look, let's make an app where women start the conversation. Because if men start it, they just show the dick.
1: Right. And- I should probably clarify and be like, I've never received an unsolicited dick pic, right? I've ne- never had someone like just send me a picture of their dick. I've <laughs> never just like opened my inbox and been like, oh, it's full of dicks. Like
3: <laughs> That's the thing with the internet, like, or, or you know, dating apps and that. If. If that happened in real life, you'd be arrested immediately. Hi, check this out. But because it's the internet, people just feel they can do whatever they want. And then when, right. when I joined Grindr, just for the crack, as they say, um, when I joined Grindr, part of the sh- part of because of the dick pic show, I, I wanted to see if I could throw this guy's dick around there because Grindr is the place. Uh, by the way, if you're ever feeling <laughs> lonely or unloved, just join Grindr. And it doesn't even have to be your real name or photo. But... You feel so much love. There's so many people in your area that want to meet you straight away and like see <laughs> all your parts. You know, like it's 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 unbelievable. Like as soon, as soon as you go in there, like hey hey hey, top or bottom, top or bottom, and dick pics, spine around and you go and you just feel special. And you go, man, wow. Like I didn't know this was here all the time. <laughs> I first met your great grandfather on Tinder. <laughs>
1: to tell you the romance st- story no they, of they, the
2: ages to be yeah. fair to be fair to be fair whenever
1: i right.
2: any any comedian any i do this thing where for some odd reason if ever a woman comedian complains i, I don't know if this is good or bad but it's the i think it's like the andy Kofinism in me to do this but if she ever writes on as a status, I just got a dick pic. I'll go onto her profile and send her a picture of Dick Van Dyke. Oh,
4: that's right. That's right. And it'll be one I'm of him smiling lie. as well. It's and it's I'll, it's I'll be
2: it's... like, not all dick pics are bad.
1: Yay! <laughs> if somebody said that, I'd be like, okay, touche. We're we're probably gonna get along.
2: <laughs> Hashtag not yeah. all dick
3: pics. Yeah not all dick pics dick van dyke and is it is this a, a a new like is this a murder mystery type dick van dyke or is this a is this a a, a back in the in the mary poppins era i what go
1: if for it was the like diagnosis murder dick one. van dyke at different stages what if it were like at different stages and based off of like your text what if you like scream grabbed a specific shot of dick van dyke based on what the person texted in reference to that and then sent a different dick for every one of those no, yeah. That would make me laugh hysterically.
3: Yeah, that's perfect. Like, which gradient of Dick Van Dyke is your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to it's a good way to know if you're compatible. You're compatible with someone, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mary Poppins. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my God! It's not a real brick wall. I feel so disillusioned. It's like Hollywood.
1: Isn't it wonderful that brought me so much joy?
3: I love my brick wall. I can even go. You're, you're not brick wall.
1: wall. <laughs>
3: You can even go behind it. I got this today uh, in the post, and uh, I'm so happy to use it. And uh, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm delighted with it. I mean, yeah, I wanted like a comedy club backdrop for the people that are just listening. That um, It's just a, a bit of vinyl wallpaper, brick. But it looks more like I'm in an alleyway, like in a seedy alleyway. And now, because the safe's Googling and all these dodgy HTMLs or whatever it is we've been talking about dicks for 10 minutes <laughs> I mean, triple like, x in
2: triple x indian porn dot pro i didn't realize <laughs> there was a dot pro now but there is oh,
3: at least at least it was on the pro at least one of my pictures got to pro yeah. which is what i can say about a lot of the careers that we've, you know my career
4: <laughs>
3: at least some of these dick pics that weren't mine got to pro <laughs> Are you a pro? Well, some of my photos are, but I don't want to talk about that.
2: I might not be on LinkedIn, <laughs> but I'm on Triple X Indian Porn Pro.
3: I want to write that down. I'm going to put that on my next poster. And people will be like, it's intriguing at least. Mm, this is a story what? or something.
2: <laughs> I might be on the dark web.
3: It sounds
1: like something I need
3: to hear. <laughs> Come on. So and, and safe whereabouts? Are you in Cairo or whereabouts are you?
2: I'm actually about 20 kilometers west of Alexandria along the coast uh, of the Mediterranean and uh, just to let you know I mean you know how the it's pretty damn cold actually we're like for the American listeners we're at about 46 Fahrenheit real feel 30 Fahrenheit which is about three degrees Celsius minus one Celsius feel like, but it feels like minus seven. And I'm genuinely convinced I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and see snow for the first time in this part of Egypt that's never been recorded. It did snow in the pyramids once, like in the 1950s. And again, in 2013, but like December, 2013.
3: For Christmas, did someone climb up and put a star on the top? That would look pretty amazing.
2: It's funny you should say that because a couple did climb up to the top of the pyramids, filmed themselves having sex, and we promptly deported. Oh,
3: it's always with the sex, isn't it? Uh, nice. <laughs> always. Filthy humans. Just put us put an angel on the top and then fly down on a toboggan. Like, why do you have to anyway? Uh, but that's 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 mental that tomorrow might be or you know soon it might be snow again since it'll be another time
2: yeah i've never seen it snow in this part of alexandria because we're right next to the sea but never bollywood. know i mean climate change in 2020 being such a cray cray year so you i wanted to ask because like i didn't find anything before 2018 that's why i thought you know you did bollywood but i know that's just
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i wish why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, yeah. But, but how long have you been doing stand-up for? Like, when did you first start doing stand-up?
3: I started about when the Egypt got snow for the first time.
2: 1954?
3: Uh, back in the 40s. No, in uh, 96. Wow. Yeah. In, in the in the 90s, it was cool man in Perth. Perth, West Australia. And there was one club I heard advertised on the radio. And I was like, I didn't know if it was a clubby. And I was 18. I just turned 18. Whoa. And I I loved watching stand-up. It's funny, I dressed in it. I borrowed my dad's suit and I wore a tie because, you know, Seinfeld was on and I thought...
2: Dressed you know, like I, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah
3: I, 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 Like the comedians that I that I uh, I knew and saw were like, you know, Seinfeld that wore a suit. Uh, Eddie Murphy wore like red, red leather, leather suit. or purple leather. And I was like, I couldn't get away with that. And Billy Connolly wore big banana shoes and I didn't know where to get them. So... Uh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I,
3: uh, I went, i'll go with the suit option because my dad has a suit he, i asked him he doesn't have banana shoes banana boots. so um i dress suit tie and then i get to the club and obviously everyone's just in t-shirt and shorts because it's australia and i was like that's what i usually wear <laughs> i was the suit and tie dude um for the first gig like this and of course this you know you know when, it, when you're 18 wearing your dad's suit it looks like five sizes too big you know uh, just gangly and all that so that was funny in itself, and, you know, when you first start, you probably were the same, you know, you, you think you just make it up on the spot.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: So I know that feeling.
3: Adrenaline. And I remember I got three laughs in five minutes, which is atrocious. But at the time, I thought, oh, I was, I thought this is a wimp. Like, you know, you're just trying to get one laugh and then you get five, like three, three out of five minutes, like good laughs. And it could have been, they could have been laughing at me, who knows at this stage. But, you know, it was <laughs> it felt great. And the, the good thing about, you know, Doing comedy when you could smoke inside. Um, some places still do. The spotlight is an actual physical beam because of all the smoke, and you, you see the cigarette smoke coming up into it. And you've been into places where you've seen this. And um, I love the fact that you step into this thing, and it's actually it's it's a physical force. It's like something out of Star Wars. You're like you're going into the tractor beam, and like you're standing. It. And now now you just you don't see the spotlight apart from the the light it makes at the end. But yeah. I, I, I used to love, it felt like you were in a cone of light, you know, all going up to heaven. And I, I, I miss that about, um, I mean, obviously the stinging eyes and the uh, lung cancer is bad with the old cigarette smoking. But I like the, <laughs> <hot> <laughs>
4: one.
1: But I like the bright spot. <laughs> yeah. Plus yeah, now
2: marijuana is helping for legality with, with, you know, that's a different thing. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. And then like, you, when you, when you started, did you start there or did you start in the UK or whereabouts you start? I,
2: I actually, I was living in the UK when I started in 2002. I was at university and I, I just like, I was like every comedian's worst nightmare. I was in the audience and he was picking on me, trying to make material out of me and I was just sort of like, you know, being his worst nightmare. Like, he said something along the lines of, oh, it's Limp biscuit," And I was like, is that an indirect fat joke? Because I look like Fred Durst and all the band rolled into one. Or what are you trying to say here? But the people that, like, whatever I was saying was making the audience laugh and making him feel like shit. So I just kind of walked up to the compere afterwards. I was like, can I go and give this a go? And he was like, I don't care. He was, like, drunk at the time. So, like, literally I got up. Cause I had like, I'd done improv theater but I'd never done actual standup. I watched a lot of standup like Eddie Murphy, Bill Hicks, uh, Eddie Izzard, Dave Allen and a whole bunch of like, you know and I was brought up in the eighties and nineties. So I got to see a lot of good comedy from around the world but I do realize that when you stand up on stage and just trying to wing it without any clue what you're doing is not the way it goes in stand up, which God. I learned. You no, know, I learned that the first, very first time, but the guy took me to the side and he said, look mate, you got to do like a solid five minutes, then a solid 10, then a solid 15, then a 20, then a 25, then a 30, and you work your way up to an hour, then you've got a fringe show. And I was like, what the hell is a fringe show? He goes, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. That's where you want to go to sort of like, you know, my Yomolk. and I was like, "This was on my first time ever going on the stage." Wow, he's, this guy he's like,
3: was, he's telling you, you're, you're like, your whole career. Like, well, he's I've like, <laughs> "You are the
0: chosen one. I have seen yeah. the prophecies. Come, yeah. come, come. Sit, sit, sit. You did very badly, but you had same
2: energy as Eddie Izzard." Yeah. Well, th- thank you, thank you. So I've got what it takes. Yes, you. you have what it takes. You now go come back with tight five minutes and I give you stage time next week. Well, I didn't actually say that, but I came back next week with a prepared tight five minutes and killed it. And ironically, there was uh, Shazia Mirza was on the same lineup as me.
4: Yeah, uh,
2: nice. This was back when she was still wearing the headscarf. And she suddenly goes, I hear there's someone in the audience that has just done their gig for the first time. And I just raised my hand. She was like, don't keep doing it, give up, don't do standup, get out while you can, it's a horrible job. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm still here. But yeah, no, I, start, I started in London, I did my first Fringe in 2005, just doing open mics. Then in 2006, I, I got banned from a venue for basically, the long story or do you want the short story because basically short story i basically got myself barred <laughs> by the management the owners who were scottish were fine with it because i basically said something kind of offhandish that basically offended the english management
3: oh uh, yeah deeply. i bet the but, scottish would have loved it though <laughs> oh no
2: the scottish owner thought it was fucking hilarious oh god even though I went the next day with a box of quality street chocolates and apologizing humble pie. And she was like, no, fuck it. You off- you have offended me Arab, be gone, you're barred. So I was exiled from a gig venue where I was supposed to be hosting a comedy night every night throughout the fringe. Um, but then I ended up being a cameo on Patrick Monaghan's do the right thing as the president of Iran. Patrick had this hey. gag about, you know, uh, I can't take Ahmadinejad seriously because he looks like George Michael. And if you don't believe me, when you go home, put on BBC News 24 and you'll see Ahmadinejad on there. Turn the volume down and put on Careless Whisper. I can't get the image out of my head.
4: <laughs> and at that point,
2: I would come out of the stage all dressed like Ahmadinejad. I had a bit of a light beard, black hair. I didn't have the 50 shades of gray I do now. and. Um, and there was the part of uh, Careless Whisper when it's going, we used to be so good together. <laughs> it's like, and I'm just like doing this like as if I'm at a podium gesturing and then I just went off. Right. And Patrick would like, and a lot of times it was fun because like sometimes you'd get people in the audience like jump scare and like, what the fuck is this? You know, cause it's like, at, it was at the underbelly. So it's all like, you know, the sides and the back of the stage are black sheets and it's just Patrick Monahan standing there. But whenever he would say, I can't get the image out of my head, you know, I can't get the image out of my head. He would like turn away and look away from the audience. And that was when I would do it and then come back out.
3: Hey, nice. That must have been fun.
2: It was until a drunk guy decided to walk naked, streaking across the stage floor, came backstage, sat and broke my sunglasses. But that's another story for another episode. No, no, top half naked.
3: Oh, Oh,
2: that's shirtless. Sorry. Shirt. A shirtless man with a slightly slipped beard chest.
3: That's weird. It's it's you know, sometimes people go, Oh, stand-up is the new rock and roll. It's not, it sounds like it's the new football. It's got (laughs) streakings running across. (laughs) Who does that? That's great. The only people that should be running across naked on stages is either the comedian himself or other comedians. Like that's how it's done.
2: (laughs) You're talking about Spanx naked promotion, aren't you?
3: Spanx. Uh, Fiona O'Loughlin ended one of her shows with running across in the nip at the end. <laughs> Cause she was drunk one time and did it with Mickey D, and then she went, That's funny, I'm doing that every single time.
2: <laughs> Jules, you may or may not know. I think we might have discussed discussed this before, but spank is a venue at the underbelly where they would comedians would we love do, it. that would be the catchphrase. <laughs> spank, you love it. Love it. And love um it. there'd be a portion of the show when comedians could stand on the stage butt naked, handing out flyers to their shows. It was called naked promotion.
3: Yeah. Have you made it to the Fringe yet, Jules?
1: I have not, but the goal is to hopefully relocate at the beginning of the new year next year. So we're looking at about that timeline. But at that point, it'll be a permanent relocation. So yeah. I'll be in, I'll no be in Scotland now, for that.
3: there's nothing happening
1: yeah at this point i'm like if i can leave everything here clear that's all i want to do you know what i mean tie up my Uh, ends and head off
2: i don't know where i heard this demo but apparently for if the fringe was to take place this year that it would not be indoor venues it would be only outdoor venues with ventilation and socially distanced if there was a fringe this year that's what i remember reading somewhere i beg your pardon
3: Outdoors in Scotland.
4: Yeah, I know. That's,
3: <laughs> That's like, why existed. I'm pretty sure everyone lived outside until they went to Scotland. They were like, "We need to invent walls and a ceiling
2: and central heating."
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, Jules' whereabouts in uh, on planet Earth are you at the moment? I'm in the
1: states. I'm in Pennsylvania, so like the east coast of the states. Ah, yeah,
3: Pennsylvania. Um, I think I knew that, but I just wanted to just wanted to see. Where yeah, I've, uh,
1: I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm in Pittsburgh, so the southwestern corner of the state, very close to the Pennsylvania region, where it's a little it's a little Hicksville here where I live. But yeah, like so Kentucky has this very like Hick nature to it, with a lot of the towns that are close to it. And the area of Pennsylvania that I live in is kind of like it's not very metropolitan. We're kind of like assless chaps and a cowboy hat away from people firing their rifles in the street here it's a little absurd but it's it's affordable and it lets me network and i'll get out of here quickly so i'm looking forward to it i do miss the desert though arizona i lived there for four years and i loved that no
3: way i'd love to go i've got cousins in phoenix I, I can't wait to go
1: my parents still live about 20 miles east of phoenix and, and they I, they love it it's amazing in story,
3: right in arizona my mate was saying well, my cousin Eric, he was saying it. Uh, it it rains there, but it's so hot that the rain evaporates before it hits the ground. So you, it's raining, but you're not getting wet.
1: In some cases, I mean, I guess if it, if it's not. But what the the what's worse is the deluge. Um, what's more deluge. common with the evaporation? Deluge. Is- <laughs> deluge. Deluge.
2: And now for something completely Solid different.
1: Word, and I used it appropriately. So what's really cool about when it rains in the desert, though, is if you're driving on the highway, right, if you're driving on the motorway and you're looking in the distance because it's just flat and dead for miles, right, you can see it looks like mushroom clouds, the areas, the pockets of like a few miles here or there where the rain is because you can see so much that you can see the rain in just that area and just the clouds in that area. The dust storms are pretty horrific. They're not constant, not at least where I lived in Arizona, because it's pretty developed there, but they're pretty gross when they happen. Dehydration is an issue, though, because what happens is when you sweat, your sweat dries so fast that you don't know you're sweating. And then by the time you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. So you have to drink water constantly. As a matter of fact, if you walk into a business and they have the ability to give you water, it's illegal for them to refuse you water. If you're just walking around like you can walk in anywhere they, they still do it some places are assholes about it but most places like they can't deny you they have to at least give you a disposable cup and let you get situated that's
3: so funny that's the modern version of like water,
1: water
4: <laughs>
1: but homelessness is a real problem like like homelessness is rampant in arizona and it's it's a real real big issue And so I I understand the concessions that they do make, at least, but it's, yeah, I miss the desert.
3: Why there, or is it the same across different states, or why is Arizona more than others? I think
1: that the climate is, first of all, it's a border town, so there's number one, There's, there's one factor. I wouldn't say the number one factor, but that's one of the most common con- contributors it's great location it's warm it's a great location to be fair to be fair other than july to august really the remainder of the year in arizona is is pretty tolerable i mean if you were if i were to be stuck outside anywhere you only have to worry about keeping yourself warm from sundown to sunup, right so only for 12 hours of the day do you have to worry about keeping yourself warm uh in the desert and and if you Put yourself in the right place you don't even have to worry about that really so there's a lot of reasons for it also it's just not taken care of out there and resources aren't as available like the just the way the government handles allocations of funds for stuff and like that and programs are just shit frankly yeah it's almost like
3: how is that not top or next to top of things to do in every like i'll never get that like how can anyone be 100 percent happy knowing that when you leave your front door you have to step over somebody to walk around like how is that not like we gotta fix this first and then we'll get to everything else you know what I mean it's mad isn't it
1: yeah it, it blows my mind I think part of it is the culturally ingrained concept you know the American dream pull yourself up by your bootstraps you have to make what you want to have concept that really is an undercurrent of the psychology. You know, I mean, I mean, I know that's the case everywhere, but it's so endemic to the creation of the concept of what America fights for regularly, that, you know, so much of that is, well, you're homeless, you could do something about this. You're homeless, you should do something about it. There was nothing I could do about, about it when I was homeless. You know, there was nothing that I could do about it when I had to go to a women's shelter, fortunately, those existed. And I was able to, because of friends and family, I was able to find connections to find shelter, but it had to get to the point that I had gotten out of a severely abusive relationship. I was already pregnant with a child and my family had turned me away. And without that, that combination of factors and a history of addiction, I wouldn't have gotten a place. So there's no in between for people to land safely. You know, I was from a middle-class family. There was no reason for me to have to fall that many rungs on the ladder before there was a safety net. You know what I mean? If we could catch people before it reached that point, you could end it faster. But they don't think like that.
2: Give you another so you example. They
3: have to hit, like, rock bottom before they even go, oh, maybe it is a problem. Yeah. Well, that's
2: the thing. That's the thing, demo well, like, I mean, like, not the same gravitas of that scenario, but I also was, like, at the end of 2005 until around mid 2006, for like nine months, I was also homeless and um, I didn't have a place to stay. And the university that I was studying at, at the time, wouldn't, like I wasn't eligible for a hardship loan or a hardship anything because I was a part-time student. I only had 10 or 20 credits until I graduated. And the government unemployment benefit wouldn't even acknowledge me because I was still a student registered as a student. So I didn't qualify for any financial aid from either university or from the British government. So I was in a state of limbo myself as well. And the thing is that there is an element of, sometimes the system is structured in such a way that only the people with money in their pocket can make it okay. And that's kind of like fucked up because, you know, I mean, we've all seen over the years, different people like Bill Hicks has that bit where he talks about like, you know, if we took all that money we spent on military weapons and budgets and like, you know, took it, it would feed and clothe everybody around the world over like three times. And with the money left over, we should take that money and explore outer space, you know, together. You know, and it's just sort of, it's, it's kind of sad because the system is structured in a way that doesn't really care about the, I mean, like, you've seen it in the UK, the amount of times that those public buildings, or like a building area that has an area that's known for homeless people sleeping on, will suddenly put those like spiked little surfaces to stop homeless people. Like, you know, they look at homeless people the same way they look at pigeons. As a as a menace to the society of, of well, the city. Yeah.
1: You know what? There's there's a an organization. I'm going to call it an organization. We got I don't super know
2: the- serious on the show with no name. Let's continue. We,
1: we tend we tend right. to do that. <laughs> there's uh I'm going to call it an organization. There's a there's an organization called the Sidewalk Project uh here in the states that works. I know that they work in L.A. and Phoenix for sure, but I think there's a couple other major cities in the states that they work with on the East Coast. But they, they work in like skid row and whatnot, and they provide all of these things like essentials, right? And not just, not just like food and assistance with shelter and, you know, like a safe environment, but also safe drug use, you know, safe sex practices, all of that kind of stuff. And their rates of, of infection and mortality and, and everything have gone down and their success rates have gone up. The reality is, though, America is a country where if we, tax, if we taxed 1%, put a 1% tax on the billionaires, the, right? The multi billionaires of this country, we could pay off our debt over at, at least once over, right? The entire national debt, and they would all still be billionaires. Yeah. But they won't do it. No. They won't do it because fuck them, right? and and it's either like it's either like you have to have all of the money in the world all of the resources in the world all of the connections in the world or you have to fit all of this one mold or you have to be completely destitute yeah and for anyone in between fuck off and figure it out is the attitude
3: yeah and it's always been getting worse it's always been the rich get richer and the poorer get poorer and all that and uh i it's a it's almost power because when, when he gets to billions if you can lose a million and not really notice you know it, it, it's 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 a power thing it's almost like you don't need another private jet right you know it's and a lot of these billionaires you didn't need
1: just, one like <laughs> yeah
3: and a lot of these billionaires are just paying for a new younger wife or something anyway something that like isn't even more like they're not even doing anything good with the money build, something you know, build. shiny
1: and new yeah
3: Bill Gates is trying to drug the planet and you're going, yeah, like some people think he's trying to help some people. I'm just like, there's too much money to be made that I'm like, nah, man. It's not all good. (laughs) Yeah. Like look at, look at their track record. He's a Microsoft, he's a computer guy. What's he got to do with this, man? Like, you know, when you get to a certain celebrity and you get footballers hanging out with pop stars, hanging out with like, it's, it's bank accounts equal. It's like, you got nothing in common, man. Like, m- but apart from the same level of, of money. So when they, like, is they, they, don't they reckon all of the, the, the billionaires get together every year and, like, plan what they, how they're going to run the world and all that sort of shit? And it, this is very, like...
1: Which chess piece goes where? We're all just yeah, peons like not, on a I board.
3: I don't, I don't believe in any of that. But if you look at everything going... Uh, well, it's... They're definitely not trying to help people. Like, if I had... If, if, any, if any regular person had... If any of the 98% of the world had that much money, you could go, oh, I could buy this, I've always wanted this, I wanna do this, I wanna go there, I wanna see them. And then you go, well, I've got 50 billion left over. Why don't we just make the world a great place? No one's done that yet. I mean, there's been great people that have helped, but not in this scale, because now like Amazon, bloody, uh, Musk and all Jesus. these people have got, they've got the money in their back pocket that they can just go, there you go. And I don't know, it's not up to them,
2: but they could. But wasn't there like a footballer or someone like last year, some footballer was like, okay, I'm going to start helping out with like school lunches or something for the UK. Like it's it's unbelievable that kids in schools in Britain don't, and like then the British government like, no, 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 you don't need to spend your money. We'll take care of it. And it's like, they're not doing anything. No. Uh, but like, I don't know. I mean, like
4: when it comes to- helping
3: people doesn't make money. That's why that doesn't happen as often as it should, you know, even though it makes you feel great,
4: you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's no financial return in this business.
3: Yeah. Have you ever given a fiver or a tenner to like a homeless person or anyone? You feel great.
1: It feels amazing.
3: You know, I mean, especially if that's all you had in your wallet, which is most often the case in the comedians, you know, you know, I, like if you just go there's like and it's not much but it's if it's a hundred percent of what you have that week and and like so once, once you get over that oh i needed that and then you go man i feel fucking brilliant of course you're gonna get by you're gonna be good but like it's almost given is it's almost a selfish thing it's like because i feel good
1: <laughs> so <laughs> when when i lived out in arizona Right, there were, there were a lot of homeless people and we did not live in a fancy area, right? I had a shitty little apartment in a shitty little area in the suburbs of Phoenix. And there was, there was always this group of four or five guys, the homeless guys, right? That hung out around the corner, right? There was like a, like a cinder block, like you know, six foot fence, right? And they hung out and they would sit there and set up their shit and that's where they stayed, right? And every couple of weeks we drop off like, like I worked in the fast food restaurant at the time. I was working as a nursing assistant in fast food uh, on you're night shifts nursing. and I would bring home, huh? Oh,
3: all oh, right. Oh, sorry. I thought you, <laughs> nursing assistant and in fast food or were you nursing in the fast food place?
1: No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, so no. Your burger was... and you're going to need some uh, medical <laughs> assistance. Me
1: <laughs> Don't worry. I got the AED. It's all good. Enjoy what your nothing?
3: <laughs> it 15 times before swallowing.
1: We have not changed the oil in the week. Trust me, you're going to need me. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Oh, um dear. no, I was not,
1: I was a nursing assistant on an Alzheimer's unit and then I worked night shifts in the fast food uh at, at a burger place, right, a local burger place. And I used to bring home the leftovers, right? Well, I didn't have a car for the first year I lived there. Because when I lived in Pittsburgh, I bussed everywhere. There was no reason to drive. I bussed everywhere. So I didn't have a car. And I would walk to and from, right, every night. Like a mile and a half, right, every night. To and from work. It was a fucking bitch. And about six weeks before I left my job, because I no longer needed the fast food job, I was leaving it, I, came, I was walking home and one of the guys, his name was Ricky, right? Real nice guy. For the life of me to this day, I don't understand how he got to the circumstances he was in. He was brilliant, right? Capable. The man, you know what I mean? He wasn't what you think of when you think of homeless person, right? And about, yeah, what I said About six weeks before I left, he said he was waiting for me outside of one of the liquor stores, Right? And I didn't think this weird because we talked, you know, a couple times a week. You know, we'd chat with him. He would say hi. He'd grab a drink when we'd be doing something. But this night he stayed and he said, "I'm gonna walk home with you." And I said, "I said okay." I said, "Why?" And he knew my history. And and Damien, you don't know a lot of my history, but I went through a lot of severe trauma with with assaults and just people I got wrapped up in that were bad news. Well, he walked me home that night right no issue I went home went to bed like nothing happened and I said thank you well the next day I came out and the landlord was coming around door to door saying that there were reports of somebody a woman had been attacked uh two women had been attacked in the two nights prior right and they still had not caught the guy And every night for a week and a half, that man walked me from my job to my apartment, right? And the only thing I did was give him burger every two weeks, right? That was it. I was like, all right, man, here's the leftovers. But for two weeks, I had someone making sure I was fine, right? And that is what I don't understand. People look at homelessness like it's like it's a disease, like it's a plague, like it's a it's a problem that people should be able to control. But he couldn't control those circumstances any more than I could have mine.
3: Yeah, it's so easy to not have a roof over your head. Hmm. It's, it it can go in a second, and like you guys know, and you know, I certainly I've been broke my whole life. I certainly know, and I'm only I'm lucky that I'm Australian because I've been sleeping on friends' couches, for a long time (laughs) bouncing around. I've always been lucky. I've only had to spend the night. like, And I was only like on the streets when I was like traveling and had nowhere else to go and I was, or whatever. If, yeah, if you need other people, like without other people, and even if you didn't know them, if people just reached out their hand and gave you a bed, like that's, if everyone was doing that, then everyone would be okay. Hmm. You know, altruism
1: right. well, isn't exactly in human nature is it
3: yeah yeah exactly unfortunately yeah
2: a person wants to make the world a
3: better place kill him <laughs> yeah and exactly oh, you have an
1: idea that unites all
3: i know i know people just don't want that though because uh people just want to be you know some people just want to be richer than everyone else and like that's the other thing like uh i love bill hicks's bit that safe was saying and i agree but like the order that we have it is wrong. We're doing the we're doing space exploration now, which I think is, you know, I'm into outer space. Who isn't, mm. man? Great. But I looked it up, NASA spend like trillions like the government gives them like trillions. Like who cares about Mars? Who cares about a photo of Mars when there's like five dudes that that are on my street that can't Eats. sleep indoors? Let's just take care of this planet first and then like, you know, that's the that's Bill Hicks was right. The order is wrong. You know, we're spending all the money on, you know, it's, it's like, it's bollocks. And like, that's why, that's why, and if you have a look at a lot of theories that come up, especially now when we're all getting told what to do, like with the pandemic and like pandemics have happened before, but they've never been as controlling because we never had the internet before during, mm-hmm. had, you know, everybody's I mean, known.
2: everyone. Sorry to interrupt you but like everyone's like now I've noticed that there's a craze on YouTube where you'll see certain YouTubers making their living off harvesting video clips from people that in a situation that calls for decency whip out their phones and start filming it to catch a Karen in the act or to catch a you know a social injustice moment or something ridiculous because we're now all more focused, like I just saw this weirdest thing, like YouTube has now started to do like story, like reels, something that's somewhere halfway between reels and stories. It's the weirdest thing on my YouTube app. I don't,
1: you know me, I
3: don't use the social medias. Which app, which is
2: it? The YouTube app.
3: Oh, what? No, I haven't used the, oh, really? Should I look, hey, let's look at it in real time. Here we go.
2: It starts, like I was seeing by chance, this video clip of, some guy in London yeah
3: <laughs> oh yeah okay, I'm on the YouTuber oh I don't want to actually see the thing but is, is YouTube trying to do something different
2: they're starting to do these like little clips that are either from people you've watched or near enough the algorithms of what you've looked up and seen and whatever and I'm mm-hmm. starting to see, like, there is a definite, people around the world are starting to get crazy with their phones, you know, like smartphones, dumb people.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that should be the name of your next show.
2: Smartphones, right. dumb people by Safe Abu can deal.
1: Yes. I'm glad, I'm glad I grew up with the technology and the progression that it has. But I'm also very glad that I had parents who were like, this is a tool. And you're going to use it as a tool and yes. learn how to use it because, yeah. because I don't have, Oh God, I can't imagine if I tried to, I have a hard enough time with social media as it
3: is. Yeah, no, you're right. And I'm so glad that like, we're, you know, we're, we can remember no internet. And I think yeah. that it, we're the last, we're the last sort of generation that will remember no internet. And um, it's good. Like the internet's amazing, but it's good. Oh shit. But it's good. I just cut myself on ice. Oh! Hello. When I was breaking ice, put, how wussy am I that water is cutting my skin? Anyway, oh, it puts um, a whole I'm new spin on
2: Bruce Lee's "Be Like Water."
3: I know. I'd be like water. Water can move mountains, and it can cut you if it's bloody jagged ice. Cut your uh, pinky.
4: No,
3: uh, yeah, it's only a little bit. But uh, yeah, isn't that nuts? That like, I was so glad that I met my missus before. Um, or, you know like forget that man like uh there's so much there's so much before oh here's something this will sort of sum up what i've been thinking about lately because you know it's lockdown um like say it before like say a few years ago, say even five years ago say on the way to work if you, say you had a nine to five right. uh, you yeah you, you quickly you get some breakfast leave the house uh you might not you go oh i didn't have a, a coffee you go into like a supermarket or whatever you get a coffee there you get something uh then you get the bus uh and then uh, you have to get a, a train and then uh and then you 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 there's, there's someone in the building like that you know there's someone in the reception of the building right and now uh there's self-service in the checkout you tap onto the bus you tap onto the train and everything's automated through a ding and it opens and lets you in so on a rec- like this is so before you start before nine o'clock in the morning, that's four just little you know like humans we're we're social beings like just four little like that would have been like hey I oh, need the coffee in the morning thanks that's that's two eighty that's three. cheers I'll see you later uh, like you, you know just the little things you, you say to just strangers um, to the bus man hey yeah back on another day another dollar. you know the stupid shit you say to someone where the weather chat on you know you get on like train yeah hey how's it going yeah get the train cheese what's with the weather day you yeah, know see you later and then morning hey how's it going frank you know so that a lot a lot of this little the little things are taken away they're not there anymore and even less now because we're all wearing masks and everyone's behind shields and even if someone is there they're in a mask behind a perspex bloody screen and then so when will that go away so it's 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 like we're slowly 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 getting into no photos. communication with everybody i mean even without lockdown you go back and it's still there's just less chats there's less connecting and every time even though it might be awkward the first time you talk to anyone you don't know it's always a little bit awkward you push through but you always feel good afterwards unless they're crazy and they want to kill you it's which is rare and and we need the little they're just tiny little pick-me-ups every time you're like hey you know a little nod a little you know what i mean and it's, we, I'm conscious of that now, and I want to get that back. Like I'll, I'll queue up to talk to someone to check out, or, and because I'm terrible at the scanning things anyway. But you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm doing this for me because I'm like, I want a little bit of human has it going. You know, Yeah. I I'm not, I'm not oh. the annoying. I don't want to be the annoying person. I'm like, what are you doing tonight? You know, but I'm just. <laughs> you know, a smile. You just want to. You, you, if you give a smile, you might get a smile. They give you a smile, you get a smile. You know what I mean. And then at the end of the day, you you, you lived,
2: dude. You, you totally you totally t- you totally took me back to 2007 when I used to go to work on. I used to take the train, which was like a five minute walk from my house, and on the platform, the train platform, train station platform, there was one of those like little huts that sold hot drinks, and just because you know, unlike all the other people that we'd just be there with their like copies of the Metro and just whatever, getting their things. Because I exchanged a little bit of banter, just like the, you know, morning, you know, and it goes the same the usual, because like, we got to that point of like, you know, cup of tea, I'll be like, a cup of tea, please,
3: yeah. you know,
2: and he would actually, everyone was getting all plastic spoons. I would get a metal spoon.
3: Nice. He trusted you. He, knows he trusted
2: me with the metal spoon. He trusted me enough to know that I like, I would stir it and I would give it back to him. I wouldn't be like, oh, the silver, it's real.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Collecting them at home. The idiot, I got what I wanted.
2: All of this for a cup of tea. No, um, but I totally get what you mean, man. The whole, I noticed this, it started to happen around 2012, 2013. You know, if anything, I think the Mayans predicted the end of civilization. I think it was mistranslated and I think it was actually the end of communication.
3: Probably it probably was. They'd be bang on. They'll write about that would now. be
2: more bang on because if you look yeah. at from 2012 to now, you can have like about seven or eight different methods on your phone of getting in touch with someone. You don't have just the phone and the SMS. You can have telephone, SMS, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Viber Messenger, Signal, Telegram, Instagram message, Facebook message, uh, email. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah yeah
2: twitter you know you can like tweet someone like you know and then obviously there's lucky number 12 which is to like just fling the phone at the person you're trying to get in touch with (laughs) you know like
3: answer me yeah i think that one's my favorite
2: yeah it is yeah you
3: can have obviously we can have the shopping delivered to our door this is all amazing stuff by the way shopping delivery door food delivery door all that like we really don't need to see anybody and a lot of us don't want to see anybody because you know i haven't done my hair i'm not wearing this but we need to well it's an essential
1: part it's an essential part of our functioning we're social Mm. creatures i would not call it the end of communication i think that it feels that way to a lot of us but i think that that's because a lot of us who are thinking of things in the big picture this way are older and have grown up with different styles of communication and i'm saying this as the youngest person in the room <laughs> <laughs> that that you know my my parents my parents who are older than all of us are are saying the same thing you know it feels like the end of communication and i'm like but it's it's not it's an evolution of communication and to us it's foreign because we need in-person interaction and we need that The kids who are growing up in lockdown aren't learning that off the bat, except from their their parents at home. They're growing up with more variance in the form of interaction they have. And if we take Izzy's words from the episode that we had with her, we're all just doing anything really just to chat because we're just social creatures. You know what I mean? Our entire drive is to group and to function together. And so if the evolution of that is that we need technology to do it, to us, it feels like the death of communication. But I'm sure the the telephone probably felt like the death of communication to some, you know, when it first came out. And I the prefer same to write a telegram. From, yeah. you know, for if you look at cultures who trans transitioned all of us from one point from messenger pigeons, verbal, you know, storytelling and and histories to then written, then, you know everything's just been an evolution of communication and this is going to be another one
3: at some point we're going to be like oh thank god
1: we figured out that little bit you know 100 years ago
3: (laughs) yeah that's true as long as people know that uh even though because the amount of arguments that can spiral online you know like the word it's, it's easier to say harsh things as twitter like twitter for example yeah but the emotions are real you know you can say something There's just more, it's easier to spread like horribleness.
2: Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that, Damien, because like I just suddenly had a flash of a lesson I used to teach in fifth grade social studies, like the students were 10 and 11 years old. It was this fun fact that from Hadrian's wall on a clear day, messages could be sent by reflecting shields into the sun. From Hadrian's wall to Rome. And like in a, no. on a clear, on a clear day, what the Romans were that it's it's in black and white you can look this up. They would like you know if you think about that scene in Lord of the Rings, you know, Gondo has lit the beacons and Rohan shall ride there. You know, like that little bit where it's like you know that really dramatic, powerful music, mountain to mountain. There's a beacon being lit and then there's another beacon being lit and it's like. That's the thing. The Romans used to do that. They'd be like, you know, they'd be like a Roman going, "Hey, hey, hey, check it out! Well, what's happening at Hadrian's Wall? I don't know. It doesn't no, look no, no, good."
3: Oh yeah, check that <sighs> one over there. And then it, it bound what across different mountains all the way across to Rome.
2: Yeah, in a single day. Uh,
3: yeah, I, yeah, I believe that. I, I at first I thought you meant like one beam.
2: No, no, <laughs> the, the, th- the Thanos beam. No, no. Um... Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, uh. total. Well, it's great because the uh, I mean, Dublin, as you know, and the Dublin crest is the three castles with flames on top. And I'm sure that's because of the same thing. The, uh, you know, like at the beginning of Mulan, the cartoon, you know, when uh, like they light all the, all the, each tower of the Great Wall of China. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, now all of China know you're here. And he's like, perfect, you know. What a great opening of a bloody movie. But yeah, and it's a good old- It's Disney one of my movie favorite movies. movies.
1: Oh, I've, so
2: nev- good, I've never actually seen Mulan.
3: Oh, see, Mulan, bro, the animated one. Like- oh, that's yeah,
1: like- so upsetting because there's the scene where I, my sister took a shot of the scene, where they accidentally light the fire, like the the firecracker on fire, right? Where um where the little uh dragon Mouchu accidentally catches it on fire and blows it up at the worst time. That's the Valentine's card that my sister sent to my mom this year.
3: She just oh, took lovely. a
1: screenshot of it and wrote our names on each one of the characters and then sent it to
3: her. Mm. Uh, great. I oh, you'd like it safe. And uh, Eddie Murphy's uh, Mushu movie the dragon. Well, so yeah,
2: I no, I-, I, remember, I remember seeing that, but I just, I can't for the life of me remember why. I think what happened though, to be fair, was like just around the time of when I was around 15 or 16, I saw my first Japanese major animated movie, which was Fist of the North Star. Ooh. Now, Jules, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's just this it's set in like a dystopian post-apocalyptic post-nuclear war era and like they use fighting styles to rule the different areas of the land and there's this one dude that he has been asleep for x amount of years comes out of a mountain he's walking slowly somebody fires a crossbow bolt or a couple of crossbow bolts into his chest he doesn't even flinch backwards and the animation is so flawless of him just plucking the the bolt out of his chest and chucking it over his shoulder, like as if it was nothing. And I was like, when I saw that, I was like, screw you, Disney, this is fucking animation, you know? Like, And I I just started to get into the Japanese animation and the whole, you know, epileptic seizure attack things of like, you know, multiple flashes and Princess Mononoke, Akira, you know, all of those uh, classics, I just really got into, Japanese animation but I started to get into back into like western animation recently like I started I saw Kung Fu Panda something like I think five years after it came out so there's, there's there's if Mulan is on Netflix I'll give it a bash but somehow I think it's probably no, on Disney, Disney plus. plus
3: I'm afraid
2: and also coming out Disney adult
3: <laughs> yeah I heard about that it's like what's going on
4: like, Wait, is it just
2: that's the- real? I was making that shit up.
3: No, but there's, there's something. There's like a, a, I think there is. I think the Disney I mean, it's not, I don't think it's going to be adult as if like Mulan's going around and like negligent but I mean, I think it's <laughs> going to be
2: The logo will be Minnie Mouse and a teddy.
3: Yeah, I think it, it'll still be clean stuff like but it will be like stuff that like kids might not get or won't like. Snow
2: White, point. the director's cut.
3: Yeah, seven, Snow White and the seven little bastards. <laughs>
1: Sleeping uh, <laughs> Beauty. What really happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Why are you so grumpy? Because he's a prick. Yeah. The... No, I think there is. But 101 yeah,
2: about... Dalmatians. pro You know
3: what, though?
1: I watched I watched Inside Out last night with my sister. Because ah. my... Oh, oh, take me on a ride. I could watch that movie over and over. I love it. I love oh, it. That's so good. It's such a great movie, safe at some point, you will have to make a point of watching Inside Out if you have not seen it, it's an, uh-huh. it's it's incredible. But I have so much more appreciation now, I'm loving, so I have access to my friends Disney Plus, right? But I haven't been able to binge watch Disney in years, right, uh, like a good eight or nine years. So now I'm going back and watching all the movies as like an adult for the first time, and I'm just loving every single bit of it.
3: <laughs> Wicked. It's so good. Have you seen Black Cauldron? Oh, I saw I that I haven't watched it yet. No, it's on the list. Check I that I out. I saw a drop that in the cinema. In There's a drop of blood in Black Cauldron, so it went from G to PG. Oh.
2: I remember. I even remember in the queue, they were like, we're not sure you should be. I'm like, I'm Arab. It's okay.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: the very first thing I watched on Disney Plus was, um, peach dragon oh yeah
3: the the, the new one the remake yeah any any good i was gonna watch that
1: i really liked it i really liked it it has been years since i watched the original let me say that but i really enjoyed watching the the remake of it
3: cool man because i yeah i I love the original i was really young when i first saw that so i reckon the nostalgia will hit me like mental because i think i watched it a couple of times and like and then so i'm gonna watch the remake with my kid you met earlier,
2: Blonde Raspberries and uh yeah, you, I think that'll be good. Are you
3: going to watch The Mandalorian? Oh, i watched them all and the, and the makings of and I'm going to go through. What do you think? I thought it was brilliant.
1: I haven't, I'm just starting it because I just got Disney Plus. I watched one episode the other night at work. I watched the very first episode and that was it.
2: Isn't oh, it Baby Yoda better better. adorable?
3: It gets better and better, yeah. It's just like, I mean, not it, it starts great and it just, just goes, keeps going because what's cool is it's it's and then you watch the making of and they're like how do you how do you direct like that's all the directors are talking right and they're, they're going um you know he's in a helmet you can't even see his face like how are we going to be how, how are we going to and this is good just for even acting in general like watching it being a, a comic like how, how can you express when you've got no face not even an eyelid nothing showing this um, is the yeah. way and it's stillness like you can t- if he's feeling something, it's just stillness, and then just slight movements, and then obviously when he's moving lots, he's just fighting something. But um, it was just really, it was really good. Like you have to sometimes you got to bring it right in to, to show more, and it's uh, like because yeah, and when just from from t- doing a, the tiniest bit of acting and watching actors, like it's you know it's especially filmmaking, it's all in the eyes, man. You see, that's where it is. It's in the eyes. If they don't believe it, you can see it. You can't even see his eyes, man. It's a bloody helmet. He's like, "How the <laughs> fuck is this still one work for two But it baby, works, man. baby
2: Yoda does all the acting that's needed in that's the. That's true. Eyes. That's
3: why you're just, you're just looking at your baby Yoda the whole time. That's
2: why. <laughs> it's I, I I I binge watched it back to back. Like I think in one day I watched season one and two in one day. I was just like, "Oh my god, this is well done." That is a serious binge.
3: Well done. Oh, well,
2: you know when you live when you live by yourself you, you, you can you can get away with
3: you know and it's a lockdown it gives a bollocks. that's great.
1: I made the mistake of adding Disney Plus and HBO at the same time to the applications on the TV and oh. then my attentions were fu- were fighting with each other. So I started binge watching Lord of the Rings again because that was on HBO and I could not stop watching it. So that's what I've been on a kick for the last couple of weeks with. Oh, awesome. Nice.
3: My favourite one is the, uh, the second Lord of the Rings movie when, like, the couple of the hobbits just uh, spend it walking around in a tree. Yeah.
1: It's the middle they're, movie. Mary and Pip, they're just like, cool, we'll just show up here for the rest of the movie. For three hours, they're
3: just in a tree. He is not
1: a tree. How dare you? He is an ent.
3: <laughs> My apologies. They just... They're just walking around and like all this mad shit's going on and battles and wars, and it just cuts back and they're still in a the tree. They're just, chilling, You're just out, chilling. Just chilling out fucking in a tree, wandering about. I mean like, that's a I lot. said
1: to my sister though, I did say to my sister the other day, I said, that's us for sure. Yeah, but if
3: you yeah. watch That's but me want, for sure. That's but if what you, mean. Want, you can but have your you battles. I'll be in a tree. Fuck but you, you, I'll
1: be in the giant parking tree. i yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy yeah. your war. Yeah,
3: yeah. If you watch the, the <laughs> what is you? What are you an ant or something? Yep, yeah, that sounds good to me, mate.
1: Cool, sounds like a plan. Do
3: <laughs> you grow any fruit? Or, yeah, is there anything
1: to eat? Yeah,
3: Occasionally,
1: we must stop for water.
3: <laughs> any leaves that'll get us like spiced out? You can out. pick
2: my fruit anytime.
4: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, have you seen? If you see the extended three, like the with the extra footage like all, all three like lord of the rings two towers return of the king there's a lovely bit with mary and pippin where they're at saruman's white tower and there's like this room with food that they discover like you know whole roast chickens and like barrels of meat and whatever and then pipe weed <laughs> Well, that's what it's called in the book and this is the interesting thing is that they never actually call it by name in the film but in the book jr Tolkien calls what gandalf smokes what everyone smokes is called pipe weed
1: right that makes yeah. a lot of sense when it gets
2: better there's a bit when they're both they're smoking and Treebeard is outside looking and you can just see the smoke coming out from the hole and they're laughing because they made a joke of like should we tell Treebeard? No, oh, best not. Might think it's family. <laughs> uh, they were
3: all getting they started. All high. Enough. And thats I always thought, why do the flying eagles just coming at the end? It's probably they hadn't reached that level of like... Base. They're not
1: that spaced out yet.
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's just keep on smoking pipe weed until we see the massive flying eagles. Then we can just do what we wanted to do all along. <laughs> So oh, that's I a usually- that, that is a good binge. I watched Soul, like Soul came out on Disney Plus on I think um just a How was it? Day Boxing Day. Man, I watched it for the second time again, like two days ago. Man, it's and that what it reminded me because what we were talking about before, about like this the movie's that good that afterwards I was I was even looking at myself and going, I'm so glad I'm alive in this point in history that I could watch a movie like this. Yeah. That's, Looks beautiful. That's funny, meaningful, emotional. Like great cast, music, everything. You know, it's just—I mean—so many movies that are out that just nay. Because we've had generations of movie makers leading up, inspiring, doing this, and all the, and because I always, you know, growing up, I always used to think, oh, I wish I was born like maybe in my parents' era. They had the best music, or you know, this or all that, and whatever." And it goes. But if we're now, we've got all the catalogue of everything that's been made already and now. So it's uh, it's great that we're at least now is bloody brilliant. I mean, it might even be better in the future, but we all we might be in, in lockdown for another four centuries, so who bloody knows. But at least we can stream stuff. So, I mean, that's brilliant. Although I miss, I miss cinemas, though. I definitely miss oh, the God, cinema yes. experience.
2: I, I agree. The, the cinema experience is unless you're Tony Soprano, oh, then, you, yeah. then you can yeah. have the cinema experience at home with a popcorn maker.
3: Oh yeah, man! I think I would definitely have if if I was like the rich persons, like that we were talking about before. People is that how you say persons? Um, I'd have a, a home cinema, but I'd still go to the cinema because. You know, I want. I want to put money into that industry. I want to stick. I want. I want to go and have the stale popcorn and have all the. You know, I love that. So you can see, you can watch a bad movie, but if the if the audience are watching it, then you share regular, that misery. Yeah, and you can all do it together, man. It's <laughs> And if the movie's brilliant, like I've seen applause breaks. We've also got applause breaks in a cinema. Like that's brilliant. Like
2: when watching an Avengers movie in the cinema.
3: Exactly, when the Hulk, the first Avengers, when the Hulk, two Hulk moments, applause breaks. Yeah, the flipping around and the punching Thor.
2: I am a god, you yeah. puny.
3: Pure... god. Yeah, yeah. Clapping and cheering and like, um, you know, imagine that live. But that is... Like, I mean, that's why that's why we do stand-ups. I'll be coming back to that. But I mean, imagine like people people know that they're not there. People know that they can't hear them. First of all, they're CGI a lot of them. Second of all, like they're not there. But you you're enjoying it so much that you just like because when you're clapping at the theater, some of it's spontaneous, but other times you're going, "I want them to hear this." In a cinema, no one can... like the projection guys bug it off. He's not even there. You know, you're just True. the story. You're just in the story man. and together. So good. Unless
2: that. there's like someone that works for the director that's streaming on a Skype call, the audience reactions.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah.
2: But uh, it's funny you should say that about stand-up, like because when you mentioned comedy and like yeah. the, the applause and like those moments when you tell a gag and everyone laughs. Like I remember there was a clip of yours where I could tell that you were just being very spontaneous on the spot. It was with those three bold guys on a balcony, and you said, "May if you get two more, you could be a foot.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, toes, like a giant foot sticking up out of the ground.
2: And because like, (laughs) I'm noticing that there's sort of like, you have a sort of, you do prepare material, but I can tell you like to do ad-libbing, you like to improvise, you like to, based on the energy in the room. So when it comes to creating content, do you have like, a shareable secret if you ever get hit by a proverbial creator's wall like a, a, a brick wall in creativity how do you overcome that or how do you advise our creative listening audience
3: yeah I think I'm lucky like I never remember having a creative block or writer's block but I've definitely had times where I'm like I know this can be better mm. like I'll only um, I've, I've found out. I don't know if you you guys are like this, but um, I found out with lockdown. Like the creativity is tough because I I write on stage, and like you, it's a tough way to find. Like I'll write, like I won't just be like ah, I wait for the night. Like I will write. I'll write ideas down. I'll record things into my, my phone. I don't I don't walk around and practice. Like I I, I did a couple of times. It didn't really work for me because I wasn't you know. But I'll sit down. I'll write. I'll write. I'll write. And but it'll always come out differently. Hmm. And then, what I found, like I did two, there was two gigs in between in between lockdowns. Right, there was a hmm. uh, I was doing a gig like this on Zoom. Uh, I mentioned a couple of things. I mentioned, uh, oh yeah, cl- like clusters. This is this is a joke. I go, um, oh, do you remember? Do you remember when clusters was like peanuts and chocolate, and now it's like groups of people you know, endangering lives in an old age home or whatever. And uh, it was just something simple like that. And I might've tagged it a couple of times, you know, like stopping a cluster, da, da, da. Um, And then I sort of knew that was funny and that was the end of it, right? And then I did the same thing on stage, like then I was a live stage in front of 50 people. Brilliant. Uh, a couple of weeks later, lockdown had lifted, eased a little bit, gigs open. I did that line, got a laugh. So I kept ad-libbing on that same idea the, on the cluster. And it ended up being like a five minute bit, and I was like, on the same idea. It was the same idea, and I was like, and then I like late, I thought, man, like without that actual being 80s. in the moment with the energy, like you can see the people, you can see people on the screen, like laugh and smile and enjoy and enjoying bits that you'd be saying, but unless you're feeling it like that would give us, that gives us all the energy. And it was, it was like a power up like, and then you're like, and, you go, and then I was in my head while I was talking, I was like, man, I remember this. This is how I, w-. and then however you said it, that your brain remembers the bits that sort of work. And then you do it again, but it might slightly change and, da, 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 da. and then eventually it might like bits might stick mm. and like sentences or phrases will stick. Cause you go, I like that, how that works. The timing of that is bang on. I like how that's worked. And then, and then it'll be an accordion in between, like how quickly I, I get to it, depending on the audience on the night, you know? So it's it's, it's it's a like a wave, like a push-pull. It's very like, say something, move on quickly. Like on Zoom, instead of a punchline, I'd name-check someone. I find that works. Like you can see their names on the screen. So instead of, like usually where you'd get a laugh you go, oh, I should have said I was a porn star. You know what I mean, Jules? Like you just, instead of where you, the usual bit where you where you just like enjoy a second or two of like, okay, what am I doing next? You say, you check in, say someone's name on Zoom yeah. and back into it. But back on stage, you can sit in that moment. You can, you can, you can be like, what else? And you, because you, uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld said once, and I was, uh, and he goes, what happens when you're getting around applause or people are laughing too much? You just go, whatever that you're talking about, stay in that moment. And I remember watching that, going, yeah, I think subconsciously you sort of do because you don't want to move on,
4: mm. you want
3: to keep that laugh going. So that's how some bits are short, some bits are long, depending on how long you can sort of keep them there. It's like spinning a plate. How long can this plate spin? But like online it doesn't happen sort of like that it's like you it's got to be wordy punchy you know quicker you can't just be i can't be acting out a scene as much as i would on stage because it's not there like a 20 minute story you could easily sit and watch a 20 minute story to someone you really like live but on zoom it's tough man so, to sit and pay attention for 20 minutes the one screen without camera angle changes and shit like that so anyway long answer to the question but I think uh, that's a beautiful I
4: answer.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Long the long answer is, I guess, um, there's no there's the uh, the secret. Uh, I guess is tr- just just try to where are the laugh. Let's see, the laugh usually is what get into that bit and extend that bit more. You know? mm. And then, so I guess, what if it's online? It's still the same thing. Like, what other lines can I add into that? It's almost like just get to the laugh is the hard bit stay there like i used to just like i gotta laugh what else can i talk about it's like well wait you're you're missing a whole opportunity you got to the bit stay in you stay in laugh town for a while man that's the fun part and then and then move on right so i I figured that out um that that's how that's that's what i like to do and uh i I, I lose you you lose that when it's not live you know but um but it makes me write better so that's what this has been good for it's like right like Focus more on the writing when you're online, and then when it's live, hopefully, it's even better. You know,
2: I do know you can
3: can edit all that down to just like, Oh, yeah, I'll just write some and then do some on the (laughs) stage. That was
1: a wonderful (laughs) answer,
2: (laughs) it was. And I like sometimes, like, uh, like I've we've had like these admin meetings, Jules and I, where she'll be like, Why do we have to ask this question? and I was like you know because like you know a lot of the listeners or some of them are creators. a second (laughs) the creators block hole no because like some because there was a time when we used to prepare the questions ahead of time when we would bring the guests on but like it's more of a
1: it was like structured and talk points and more interviewee and i was like it's too repetitive we need to just let it happen right like we can always get to that point
2: And she actually brainstormed this genius idea and focusing on, well, let's just, let it just be conversation. And it is just
3: conversation. We we don't
1: know if this is genius yet, okay? We're still testing this theory. Don't give me too much
3: credit. We'll let the Nobel prize decide.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Even if they nominated me, (laughs) even if
2: they nominated me, I would turn it down. Well, except for the check. Um, That
1: I would take for sure. That I would
2: take and I'd split it with Jules for such a great idea. But no, seriously, (laughs) sometimes I think subconsciously a part of me asks other fellow comedians, because like I tend to be, you know, from the two different schools of writing a gag, preparing a gag, and then sometimes just ad libbing and having fun with the audience. But I haven't done the second part as much as preparing gags. And what's interesting is like, I mean, like I haven't been doing comedy as long as you, uh, but like I started in 2002 and around that time I had like three, four books, notebooks of just like ideas and stuff and funny ideas. And I don't know whether it was going to be good or not. And my mother used to always say that I was funnier, being myself like just my natural funny my natural wit my natural ad lib is far funnier than like you know and it kind of it's funny because there was this one comedian this aspiring comedian here in Egypt and we both agreed that you know it's a bit like what Trevor Noah said you know the whole like you know it's like a date with the audience and you're trying to seduce the audience with like laughter and with gags and like you know and it's like this awkward date and there's awkward silences and you're just trying to broach the but anyway so on that fateful gig which was in September 2019 after like 16, 17 years of doing prepared, rehearsed, sometimes in front of a mirror, sometimes just you know getting that gag to have a flow so I don't sound like I'm waffling like an old man with Alzheimer's in the middle of a floor with a a microphone. I literally ad-libbed 75, 76% of that gig just completely reading the room, like talking. I ended up talking, I kept having a a follow, a callback to squirrels. There was just something about the word (laughs) squirrels. And because like when you're in Egypt, we don't really see many squirrels, so it's kind of funny to to say the word squirrels. I mean, camels, we got plenty of those. Sheep, yep, plenty of those. Cows, yep. Chickens, uh huh. Duck, yep. No swans and no squirrels, <laughs> which, which is a shame because like you know. But then again, they'd probably be eaten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damien, like, plenty of I,
3: squirrels. They're in buns or like wraps or pita bread or something. <laughs>
2: Shh. the falafel is <laughs> supposed to be vegetarian <laughs> oh yeah um damien uh like i know you got like your website and there's, like a whole bunch of information is going to be put on the episode's description but um what have you got going on that you would like our listeners to sort of like check this out and, like go to that ah, this is your shameless good. plug moment
3: oh cool that's a good question i'm um, I'm most active on uh, Grander, no, um, Insta and TikTok. Beginning getting in with the old TikTok for the kids. And then no, I'll talk Tik. <laughs> Tik. And I, it's definitely called TikTok because it, it's swipe, 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 It's like TikTok, time is money, come hurry up. And like, you know, to say a thousand things. But um, I think I'm um, on them the most. Facebook, not, not so much. Um, I don't know what's going on with Facebook. I think a, a lot of aunties are there, but I mean, <laughs> still, still like it. Aunties love Facebook. Um, it's weird, eh? It used to be for students, you know, 15 years ago, and now it's for aunties. Um, and uh, and t- Twitter every now and then. But it's but I'm releasing my my hour show, the one that you mentioned at the start. In 2018, that got the awards, and then I was touring in 2019 to 2020, and then and then obviously stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, the recording of that show is cut together, and I'm releasing that in the next few weeks. So I'll be I'll put I'll be putting that up online, and uh, that's going to be, be on your website. Yeah, I'll be putting that I'll putting that on the website, and uh, and the, the links I'll be sharing on my my socials. So you'll be able to see that. So so check that out. It'll be for free. There'll be donations available if you want. And all the money will go to making my next recording. So hopefully in front of a live audience whenever we get. So that's cool. So I'd go at Damien Clark on all the socials, um, except TikTok, which is at Damien Clark comic, because there's a Damien Clark on TikTok. He's got six followers and he's done no videos. And I don't know who you are, Damien Clark, but get your act together or give me a handle. (laughs) But I do do like Damien Clark comic because... I'm a comic and I like comics, but still it's why would you get a TikTok and not use it, bro? Do you know what I mean? Why would you? I even messaged him. Well, I can't message him because he's not my friend, but <laughs> you have to follow me back. I followed him, follow me back, and I'll I'll give you 20 bucks with that handle. No more, no less. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you 15 bucks, 10 bucks. It's gone down. You better go there. Four bucks. Okay, actually, I'll keep my own handle. me Clark comic. I'm happy with that. And um, that's that's pretty much it. Like everything I have is is as you say, uh, at damienclark.com or at damienclark. Like that's it's I put it all up. It's all gone. But it's funny because I've got a Coke, you know, all the footage we've got in front of a live crowd. It's almost nostalgic now. So I'm putting bits of that up, plus new videos. And um, like you yourself, you know, you know the drill. And then um, I'm I i can not wait for my new show to go out. Like. Because uh, that means I'll have three hours of of comedy up uh, for free, so I'm, I'm delighted. I'm just you just want people to see, you, don't you? I mm. see
2: you. Oh no, I do, I do know that. It, I'm just like I'm Merry
4: still. next. <laughs>
3: Merry-
4: <laughs> Happy Merry Hanukkah.
3: <laughs> my my wound is healed. There's no blood. It was just a tiny. See?
1: Just a tiny little neck. How
3: much whiskey have I drank in the last two hours? About, I don't know, what is that? A third 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 quarter to a third of a bottle? It's not bad. It's not right it's on not, track. <laughs> it's not illegal. It's not illegal. Apparently <laughs> like that it isn't is true. South, apparently its your isn't. You're still allowed to drink alcohol in your homes. You got it.
2: Apparently in South <laughs> Africa, one of the COVID regulations is that you're not allowed to buy alcohol during the lockdown
3: not for god's sakes but see like that, that that's mad jules the whole prohibition thing um i love what you, i mean it's made some great movies al capone and uh you know uh, boardwalk, boardwalk empire. empire apparently yeah boardwalk empire is brilliant apparently um cocktails which i love are, are from prohibition because they'd be like how do we make these dregs of alcohol taste good and that's where cocktails came from it's like people being creative during prohibition periods
2: I could totally believe that.
3: Yeah, same. That's where the old-fashioned came from. Especially Long Island. I but I've never
1: been a big cocktail drinker. If I drank, I drank whiskey. That's all I ever
3: drank. Have you drank any whiskey cocktails?
1: I mean, if they were made for me, but that's not what I would order.
3: (laughs) Well, next time we're in the same place or like city or whatever, I'll get you a whiskey cocktail and I think you'll enjoy it. Because that's the beauty of it. You can get a mix to whatever you like. You know what I mean? Right. I've had
1: whiskey sours a few times. Um, my uncle makes Manhattan's when we go up to uh, Colorado.
3: Yeah, Manhattan's in Colorado. It's, it's the whiskey sour was weird. If someone told you, "Hey, do you want a whiskey with uh, egg white in it?" you'd go, <laughs> "Fuck no. no!" That sounds like
2: <laughs> is, is that what a whiskey sour is?
3: Yeah, well, like it's it's got that frothy bit of egg white in it. That's right, isn't it? uh jules like i think there's different there's different ways to do it i mean it's not that it's whiskey and a couple other things and a bloody bit of
1: i've had it i've whiskey. had it with with and without my friends don't do it that way they do it the the just the the janky way of just using the sours mix
3: <laughs> oh yeah just check the mix in no worries
1: yeah but i'm I mean, like i'm it's... not really here for the mix i'm here for the alcohol <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. you put in it's fine i'm sure yeah, I'm,
3: I'm not here <laughs> for the meringue i'm here for the lemon part
1: Right. But also, I don't drink a lot. Like, I bought a bottle of whiskey for the house and I've had the same bottle for six months. Like, I don't drink very often.
3: Very sensible, Jules. That's very good. I Me, wish however, I had more time to drink. No, no, <laughs> not sorry. Um, my missus is because it's she's Irish and it's Lent now because it's the day after Pancake Tuesday. Oh, today's Ash Wednesday. This is the day where Irish old people walk around with big black marks on their forehead. Yeah, you show up at
1: the big fancy building and they go and you go home and you're not allowed to wash it off and
3: yeah. And I mean like fair play to but you know if you see it for the first time and you didn't know what it was, you think, what is going on? I thought
1: what's the dirt on your face for?
3: (laughs) Clean your face. Did everyone just finish working in the coal mine? I didn't even know there was one around here. But like my missus is trying she's gonna give up alcohol for a uh, 40 days or for Lent. Like good good luck
2: with that. Yeah, that's 40 days. It's not a month.
3: God bless her. Yeah, it's 40 days, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's, a, it's a- even Muslims
2: when it's Ramadan, we're like, damn, you 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 Catholics don't fool around.
3: Well, how long is Ramadan? 30 days or where
2: long? It's it? yeah, no, it's always 30 days. It's like some it's it's never as short as 28 days. Like sometimes it could be 29 days, sometimes it can be 31 days. It all depends on the sighting of the moon of the crescent of the new moon.
3: And then at night you can go bananas later,
2: right? <laughs> well, I mean, like in Ramadan, you don't eat, you don't drink liquids. Um, alcohol is generally a no-no. Uh, yeah. But like, I mean, it's not like, you know, you're not going to hear a Muslim saying, oh, is it sunset? It's Miller time. No, it's not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I picture happens
2: it's not like that at all oh is it is it sunset get the bacon on the fryer no it's it's <laughs> not, it's, it's not that but um we just basically we eat after sunset and uh, drink water like a camel about yeah. to go into the desert and then around just before the dawn prayer because the dawn prayer is usually just before sunrise by about 30 to 40 minutes like you know like the actual the rising of the sun but not so much like daylight in the sky so you basically literally from when the sun starts to rise until the sun sets you're not eating you're not drinking you're not smoking no um, shisha No shisha during the day no no
3: weeds no no uh pipe weed
2: well i can't speak for all um, of (laughs) them
3: surprise like i've seen eid and that is like party central so like you wouldn't be surprised if anyone was doing any any kind of smoking like eid is like it made me when i was amongst eid parties i don't know if if you can say is that a thing eid party but like would it like around me it made me think. I wish that I I had I had done Ramadan and joined in because this it, it feels like you know it's a, like if when anyone any group of people go through anything together, it's a celebration. And this is
2: you've got phenomenal. the beard,
3: but yeah, mate. Yeah, I mean, this you're, is you're, you're you're but one long. step
2: you're you're one step in through the door of being a Muslim.
3: Yeah, like I guess like like. The unity that that must have across the world and over all the mis- millions of Muslims. I was going to say millions. Mil- how do you say million of Muslims? Mil- you mean
2: the 1.4 billion?
3: A billion. My, my apologies. 1.4 billion. It's just not that like in other religions, like, you just don't feel that like connected on the same time well, after Christmas. But then I'd you just believe- want presents.
2: Believe it or not, if you Google it, I am quite surprised that there's something like between 1.1 and 1.2 billion
3: Catholics. In yeah, the world. but they don't talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> They're not in it together. They don't even agree with the same Pope sometimes.
2: Hello, Catholic, Catholic operator. Can I help you? Yes, I'm trying to get through to a Catholic in Argentina. Hold, please.
3: Yeah, hold for a while.
2: I have a Catholic from the Philippines wishing to communicate with a Catholic from Argentina. Put him through. (laughs) (laughs) Damien, it's it's always fun to get like, because like on the show with no name, it kind of has no premise. Like, you know, the only core of it is just like, you know, I like to bring comedians on, let them be themselves, have fun. You know, in your case, a glass of whiskey and another comedian's case. A vape pen with THC oil in it, <laughs> and in another comedian's case, you know, chocolates. That would be Patrick Monahan. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But uh generally, thank you so much for being on the show with no name. Uh, this was Damien Clark on the show with no name.
3: Yay, thanks, thank you.
2: that was Damien Clark on episode 13. That was very lucky to have Damien Clark. We had a great episode, didn't we, Jules?
1: We did indeed.
2: On the show with no name, peace be upon you, namaste, and all that jazz.